Why are police photographing our license plates? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. And today, my guest is the Arc of the Piedmont's Executive Director, John Satowski. Uh, John, first of all, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Great. And did I pronounce your last name correctly? Some... Yes, you did. Okay. Very good. Most, most folks have trouble with it, but that was pretty good. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Well, let's start. You know, we're talking about the Arc of the Piedmont. The Arc of the Piedmont. I love that. And tell us... It, it, what what is the Arc of the Piedmont? Well, the Arc of the Piedmont is a uh, organization that's actually been around for uh, close to sixty years. Mm. It uh, started out in its original incarnation as the Association of Retarded Children, mm. uh, providing services to families and, and individuals who had, at that time, what was called mental retardation, because there were no programs in the school systems, mm. there were no community programs. Uh, many people were sending their children to institutional settings. And uh, so uh, parents started to feel that there was a need for some community programming. Yes. So over the years, it's changed. It's been the Association of Retarded Citizens. And then because the word retarded has taken on so many negative connotations, the National Association decided to go just with the acronym the ARC. So now we're known oh, yeah. as, you know, around the country, everyone's the Ark of the Piedmont or the Ark of Knoxville or the Ark of Arizona, and uh, so yeah, so yeah. now we're, we're just the Ark of the Piedmont. Very good, and uh, for those of us, because we're tuning in from all over the world, actually, quite literally, where is the Piedmont? Well, the Piedmont is in, uh, is in Charlottesville, and we, we uh, provide services to the area around Charlottesville, so that's Albemarle County, Fluvanna, Nelson Green, uh, Louisa. And uh, there's about 26 arcs around the state of Virginia. We all serve different uh, localities and different areas. So for us, the the Arc of the Piedmont is is right here in Charlottesville and the surrounding area. Fantastic. I love Central Virginia. I'm there as often as possible. Tell me your mission. I guess now, as you say, we have 
we hope we have it still you know mental health mental illness comes with such a stigma but uh, we have started using terms like developmental disabilities can that's you right and, and just recently the state of virginia has been in the, in the process of of kind of updating you know how they use some of this terminology so you know people with mental retardation have not have been known as as, as having an intellectual disability and most recently during this last general assembly session they're now just going to refer to not only mental retardation but other developmental disabilities just under the umbrella of developmental disability so anything like autism mental retardation cerebral palsy all those things that happen during the developmental stage which mm. is up to the age of 18 mm. will be known as developmental disabilities so again it's kind of you know helping to move us into the 21st century and more accurately describe uh, who the people are that we're, we're working with and yes. the kind of services that they need you know since you mentioned at the age of 18 i just want to take a little moment and tell us um, at 18 many programs and i'm wondering if yours is a part of this but but many programs that work for children cut off at the age of 18. Is, do you find that still a, a, an issue? Yeah, that's, a, uh, that's an, it's an, it's an interesting age because, uh, especially in the field that we work in, you know, there are many people who have um, guardians because of the severity of their disability, mm-hmm. or they don't have a guardian, but the parent is responsible for them. Well, when that child hits the age of 18, unless they actually have a formal legal guardianship, that person at the age of 18, regardless of the, the severity of their disability, is deemed uh, legally to be an adult and able to make their own decisions. So we do find that we have to, you know, we, we run into it from time to time where parents think they have a 21-year-old and they can still make decisions for that individual. And that's not necessarily the case. Mm. And uh, it really is important for parents and and uh, family members and all to be aware of that what they can do up to the age of 18 may be very different after the age of 18. Um, and so it, it can be a little bit tricky, especially with like services we offer are group homes and residential programs mm-hmm. and day activity programs and employment. And they all are a little bit different depending on what age a person yeah. is at. So you're absolutely right. We, we try to coordinate with people coming out of school systems and all like that, that if they're gonna need community services, parents and all understand that, you know, they may have an adult son or daughter who no longer agrees with them and that can create a, a bit of a, an issue at times. I know this is, uh, I'm not trying to get you into a legal conversation, but obviously mm-hmm. you work with schools and the community and, and uh, but I'm wondering if a parent comes to you with the power of attorney, given the illness, uh, I don't know how attorneys would respond to even to even granting a power of attorney, but what do you... Yeah, yeah, and that, we have had that happen. We have some folks that we work with who are even in our group home settings that may not have a legal guardian per se, mm-hmm. but they may have someone who can make medical decisions for them okay. or who can make power, uh, you know, uh, financial decisions for them. And very, very much a power of attorney or a very limited type of guardianship. The courts are really reluctant to just 
give any one person full guardianship. Yes. They usually like to be sure that, that there's uh, some wiggle room in there. So if somebody, uh, what we found, for instance, we have somebody in our group home and we take them to UVA hospital for some sort of um, procedure. So the hospital would like to know that this person's able to make an informed uh, decision about that procedure. If not, you know, they, they feel more comfortable if we can say, oh, no, we have basically a medical power of attorney to make the medical decisions mm. for this person. And so we we work with a group of uh, even attorneys here in town who are very familiar with the developmentally disabled population and are very willing to do those types of things. And there's also some state organizations that will set up legal guardianships for people who don't have family members or anything else who need them as they grow older and need those types of things. So, yes. Um, you know, there, there's all those things. Plus, we also have attorneys who will work with individuals and their families to set up what they call special needs trusts mm. and something new called Able Now accounts so that people can uh, protect assets and uh, uh, provide for a person after they're no longer here without affecting, you know, Medicaid benefits and other type of benefits that pay for their services uh, that they receive. Well, that was an exceptional answer and greatly appreciated, John. Uh, that's great clarity. I, it, uh, and I asked because I have, I still hold power of attorney over uh, a couple of people. And so I've been uh, sort of down that road and was just wondering um, uh, how your uh, organization, Arc of the Piedmont, handles it. But wow, that was great. It gets a little complicated because you're talking about people who, you know, we. we working in this field, you want to have people be as independent as they can be, but there are times when someone else needs to step in and and help make a decision with that person, and that's what we always hope it is, that it's happening with the person and not just to the person, Mm -hmm. so uh, um, I think it's really helpful for someone like yourself or other people to remind people that it's it's, uh, uh, a partnership in many ways, and um, I just think it's, it's a neat thing when it works well. Exactly. You know, we've been talking around sort of your your mission uh, as the Ark of the Piedmont, but not uh, not avoiding it. But I guess everything we've been saying really is a part of your your mission. But I think I read somewhere which I loved, which not necessarily connected to our mm-hmm. mission per se, but it was stacking the deck in favor of improving the lives of our fellow community members with developmental disabilities. You know, that's that's a really neat way to say it, and and it really is is true. I mean, the folks that we work with are not going to be lobbying uh, the General Assembly because they they just don't have either perhaps the skills or the abilities or definitely the financial resources Mm -hmm. to do what large corporations can do. So organizations like the ARC on both the local level, statewide level, and national level need to help stack the deck. You're absolutely right. We need to be able to use the power of our membership and use the power of the community to get legislators and decision makers to help act in the best interest of folks who quite often are are ignored or forgotten about um, just because they don't have that uh, purse strings to um, go out and and lobby and purchase and and do the kinds of things that corporations do. Mm. And we want to be sure that as a community that we let, let everyone know that people with developmental disabilities and disabilities in general are our neighbors, our friends, our family members, 
and that that they live in our community, they work in our community, and they play in our community. Yes. And how do we as a community do what we need to do to make sure that everyone has equal access? As my listeners know, my both my parents had Alzheimer's, and what I had to constantly tell family members, friends, caregivers, everybody, is that just because they have Alzheimer's does not mean they don't have other physical things we need to attend to or other right. desires to be happy. They still enjoy music. And even I put on old CDs of Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, who, of course, they remembered. Um, exactly. And their response. So you have to see there's still a whole person there, uh, just to perhaps a different path to uh, to reach. But, I mean, like Special Olympics. You look at the faces on those kids when they right. are involved. Anyway, you do great stuff. And, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think it, it is that there's sometimes it's just taking a different path mm. to get to where you want to go. And I think we we all are going to have family members. You know, I had a, a father-in-law who had Alzheimer's, mm. and it was it was difficult for the family. But you're right. It's a different path. They're still that same person. Yes. Um, they're still looking for those same things. It's just how do we go a different way to get to it. That's the same thing we do with the folks we work with every day. They may not always be able to communicate well or do those kind of things. But if you listen and you pay attention, you can find that different path. You're absolutely right. Fantastic. All right. I know you have a lot of goals, obviously, short-term, long-term, mm-hmm. but you're, you're working on a new and larger activity center uh, for the people you serve? We are. The, the Ark of the Piedmont has been in Charlottesville for oh, probably the last 40 or 50 years, and we've We've been in an old building, an old house here on Park Street, hmm. which is, if you're familiar with Park Street, oh, it's yes. a beautiful street, has beautiful old homes. Yes. But, um, you know, things have changed over that time. At one time, a lot of folks were more ambulatory. Uh, we now have a, a preponderance of people using wheelchairs. Hmm. The population has been getting older, as, as we all have, yes. and just has a whole different set of needs. And we no longer can satisfy them here in the building we're in. Mm -hmm. And so we're in the process right now of uh, acquiring a building still in the city of Charlottesville. It's uh, over on Rose Hill Drive, uh, just across the street from the health department Mm -hmm. over there. And uh, we're hoping that we'll be closing here at the end of April and maybe sometime late this year, moving into it. And it's going to give us a lot more space. It'll be more up to date the needs of what a changing demographic needs and what a, what a changing environment needs to meet the 21st century needs of people with disabilities. Wow. Well, that's that's grand. So you uh, are you in the planning stages? Where are you uh, along? Well, we're actually fairly far down the, the road. Okay. We, we have uh, architectural plans. Uh-huh. We have... Uh, um, We've been working with a bank here locally and working through a loan process with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And we actually will be getting into doing some serious fundraising here starting this spring. We've put in grant requests to organizations, and we've put in a grant request to another organization to perhaps provide us with matching funds. Mm. And we'll be we'll be talking to the community about this in the very near future, if hopefully, you know, knock on wood, that everything comes to fruition. Um, but it's a need that's that's been long time coming. Yes. And we're in a position to be able to make that move and make these things happen. Um, 
and again, it's just like anything else. You know, people's needs change. Wheelchairs have gotten bigger. You need more space. And again, you know, we kind of come back to, you know, medical science has done some wonderful things, keeping people uh, alive and well, you know, just 20, 25 years ago because of uh, the lack of of medical uh, technology and all would not be with us. So we have folks who do have more needs and more medical needs uh, in addition to their emotional, physical uh, needs as well. Sure. We're going to talk more about fundraising in our next segment, but Mm -hmm. 2017 is a particularly big fundraising year for you. Why is that? Is it just that's the timing? Now's the time. Well, it's uh, part of it is the timing. Part of it is that it's um, you know as we're kicking off trying to put this building together, mm-hmm. and, and, and nothing is cheap anymore. Of course, yes. so the acquisition of the building is is one cost, but actually going in, reworking and uh, making it uh, meet the needs that we have puts us in a, in a position where we can really use the fundraising throughout the whole year to hopefully be able to match uh, funds that we're, we're requesting from a local foundation. So it becomes really uh, paramount for us to get the community to come in behind us. And uh, as we've said, we, we send out our mailing list of, gosh, almost a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And if we got just, you know, a hundred dollars from every person on that list, $100,000 would uh, almost get us to the point where we could easily match the, the funds that we're requesting. So mm-hmm. we're, we're not talking about needing a, a couple of large donors. We just need a lot of people to say, gosh, the ARC has done a great job for 50 years. We often don't think about them, which happens to organizations that are around a long time. Yes. But yeah, if everybody wanted to give $100, uh, we, we could easily match what we're looking for. Fantastic. All right, we're going to talk. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, more with John uh, to uh, figure out just how we, as a community, uh, can uh, can get in, more involved in uh, the Arc of the Piedmont. Stay with us. I'm talking with the executive director of the Arc of the Piedmont, John Satowski, and uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Film Rental Discovery. Welcome to the Andy Film Minute. There is no American band more iconic than the Beach Boys. Not surfers themselves, they captured the surfer aesthetic, the youthy vibrancy, the idyllic myth of their time, and brought it to us in distinctive music and song. But Love and Mercy tells a dark side to their story revolving around the mental challenges of artistic leader Brian Wilson. Genius and insanity can come join as twins, as it does with this musical icon. As success engulfed their band, Brian embraced the lifestyle. Substance abuse fueled festering mental illness, leaving him more and more incapable of handling the larger world. Yet, when he ultimately retreated to his studio while a surrogate took his place on the road, he still produced brilliant music, widely called the best of its time. Tragically, Brian fell into the hands of controlling psychologist Eugene Landy. Exerting extraordinary power, Landy milked Brian's assets and lifestyle while Brian himself withered away. Brilliant casting includes both Paul Dano and John Cusack as the young and older Brian, as well as equally noteworthy performances by Paul Giamatti and Elizabeth Banks. Director Bill Paulette has crafted an artistically compelling film that, through profound artistry, shares the painful fragmentation of Brian's world and ends with his redemption. 
Love and Mercy, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. My guest today is the executive director of the Ark of the Piedmont, John Sotowski. And John and I have been talking a great deal about the Ark and its history, the various uh, labels, shall we say, that have been attached to the the people he's been helping and how that time and um, has changed a lot, but still the need for the people is is as great as ever, if not more so, because people are living longer. Does that cover um, most of what we said, John? It, it, it absolutely does. I think that um, there's you know there's been a, a real change. I think in in uh, the community's thinking. Oh, in community, I'm talking about really the broader community, sure. the national community. Um, Virginia just a few years ago. Uh, while it came under a Department of Justice order, uh, has really taken uh, it seriously, and they're now closing down all of their institutional settings for people with developmental intellectual dis- disabilities. Mm. So in the last few years, they've closed down a center in the uh, Petersburg area. They closed down a center in the Northern Virginia area. This year, they'll be closing something in Southwest Virginia. And then in 2020, they're supposed to close one down in the Lynchburg area. And the idea is is that the services that people were getting in institutional settings really should be happening in community settings yes. like Charlottesville, Richmond, uh, down in the Tidewater area. Um, and it really is uh, um, setting the stage for incorporating and including people with even the most severest disabilities um, in a community setting so that they can live here in group homes or other types of residential settings that they can be working or have some types of activities during the day. And it moves us away from isolating people and putting them out of sight and out of mind. So, um, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of changes. A lot of it is because people are living longer. And I think the realization that that all of us, and we, we were talking about that in the earlier segment, mm-hmm. all of us would like to make sure that, that uh, the most disadvantaged and uh, even our family members and other folks are included in the community. Exactly. The more you talk, the better I feel about the whole thing, really, because uh, just a quick story. I, I, for a time, quite a while ago, but I was uh, in, a teacher in public schools, and I taught theater, and... Um, uh, they would bring the the administration would bring uh, autistic students to my class because uh, they felt that I would um, uh, be able to reach them. I guess in any case, I I won't take your time on your interview, oh, no. for the, but but I got to tell you, uh, just in that example of autism, just that alone, there are mm-hmm. there are a wide variety of what autism is. I mean, oh, absolutely. You, you could have five, and I did. I had five autistic children who, in uh, middle school age, but their their ability to communicate or what they were doing or what, was totally different. It was the gamut. So you can't just you can't put them away in an institution and ignore them as we have done, and you can't think they're all the same. Just like everybody is right. an individual. Right, and and things have to be very individualized. It's like. You know, it's that old saying, you know, if you, if in your case, you know, if you've met five uh, students who are have autism, you've met five students who have autism. Exactly. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't generalize. There's some things that are similar, but each person is so different. The same thing is true even of our folks who are uh, 
have severe intellectual disabilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, superficially, you might think they're very similar, but as you get to know them, you know that each one communicates differently, responds differently, learns differently, and so you have to tailor things on an individualized level, which is one of the things the ARCs really have emphasized ever since uh, Public Law 94-142, the right to education, went into effect back in the 70s, mm -hmm. um, is that really you have to have an individualized approach to each student. And it's wonderful that the school system thought that you had a unique approach to being able to work with uh, these students in an in a artistic setting with who had autism, but all it means is, is that you might reach one or two, somebody else might have a slightly different need, but at least they did recognize that what you were doing was different than what was happening in other other ways. And that's, I think, what we try to emphasize to people who come to us to volunteer or who want to work for us and all is that we're really looking for that creativity and that innovation because it's not something that you can open up your cookbook and say, oh, this is the this is the recipe for how we work with this person. It's kind of a, you know, blank slate, and we're writing it as we go along. And believe me, I'm sure, as you know, it's an, it is definitely a most rewarding experience. I discovered a, 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 a young boy who was, and I also worked with his brother, who was not autistic, who was twice his size. But that little guy could sing like nothing. And I, and we did a show, and I picked the most gorgeous little 12-year-old young lady to bring him out to make certain he, you know, would no problem getting him where we needed him to be. She took his arm. She was as proud as she could be, and he sang and brought down the house. Okay. Right. Let, let's see. Tell, tell us about your day support program. Well, our, our day support program is a, it's an activity-oriented program where people have an opportunity to spend their, their daytime hours. So, you know, if they live in a group home or they live at home with their parents, they see other people going off to work. These may be folks who just are not either at that point that they're able to go out in the community to work yet or maybe don't have that desire, but they need to be involved in something during the day. So our activity center allows people to have a place to come to, and then they do a whole variety of things. We have folks who volunteer with Meals on Wheels. Mm. They'll use the uh, Parks and Recreation programs. They go over to ACAC, which is a... Uh, you know, has a pool and, and uh, yes. uh -huh. also does um, exercise. We have folks participating there. When they're here at the program, they learn how to cook. They uh, interact with each other. Uh, we have some folks who come in and who uh, provide music lessons to people, sing-alongs. Um, so there, there's a whole variety of things that, that wow. people do throughout the day that keep them uh busy and this this you know again as I was talking about the Department of Justice uh, settlement one of the things that they're focusing on in the federal government as well is trying to make sure people do get out more into that general community yes. so that it's not just activity center oriented but you know we go to the library you may see us if you're on the downtown mall here in Charlottesville that you know our folks are going out and they're shopping mm -hmm. you know they may stop at the at Timberlake's drugstore or they may go in to get an ice cream or something at Splendora or, you know, whatever you have, to, or, you know, pick up a book at the library. So we're, we're trying to encourage people to do those things that you and I sometimes take for granted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. I, I mentioned earlier that 2017 is a big fundraising year for you. 
So tell us, John, well, let's talk about what's happening on April 22nd. I know you're having four fundraising events, but, but well, you tell us as you wish. April 22nd is really going to be the kickoff for us. We have four events throughout the year. We, mm-hmm. we usually have a gala in the spring. Well, last year we started actually something which is kind of neat is we do a bocce ball tournament with uh-huh. uh, Cardinal Hall here, and we have a golf tournament in the fall. And then in the wintertime in December, just uh, uh, after the lighting of the tree here in Charlottesville, we have a Santa run where people, you know, we, uh-huh. as part of their registration, get Santa suits and elf ear hats, and it's been a family <laughs> event. And, gosh, last year we had 450 people come out for that. It's wow. fun. It takes an hour. It's only a mile. But but our gala here this spring is really um, going to be a little bit different for us because we're hoping that because of you know the closing on the new building and kicking off our fundraising, our architect, in fact, I'll be meeting with him later this week. They're hoping to put together a uh, uh, an animation, basically, of, of folks to be uh, of the building so that people can see the inside, the outside, what we what we envision it to be, and we're hoping that. Um, uh, you know, should the foundation that we're looking for to give us matching funds makes that announcement that we'll use the gala as the kickoff for our building fund for this year. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole cost of the entire project from acquisition of the building to renovation and all is going to cost us about $1.6 million. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we only have enough to be able to, well, maybe actually one point seven. We only have enough to get us the building and to renovate, um, you know, part of the whole overall building. But we'd like to be able to do the whole thing, finish it all off, get the outdoor area looking uh, really nice and mm-hmm. park-like and, and not only be uh, something that's useful to us, but also to the community that we'll be in because the Rose Hill community is very much, um, not even though there are businesses on Rose Hill, it's very much a residential area and we sure. want to be good neighbors, we want to good, be good partners. So we're really looking at being able to kick off for the entire community uh, with our, our gala. At the, it's at the Glenmore Inn. It's a Casino Royale night. So uh, it's one of those nights where you can come out, you can get dressed up like James Bond if you want to, <laughs> have a few drinks, play the craps table and the roulette wheel. Uh, there's some good prizes for our silent auction. We have some really neat things that the committee has been working on. And it's just going to be a really fun night for us. Uh, but we really see this as the kickoff for the rest of the year for our fundraising to really raise the monies we need to, to do our building right and to really benefit uh, the folks in the community that we, we serve them and their families each and every day. So calling it, of course, the Casino Royale brings, as you say, uh, James Bond to mind. <laughs> and it is April 22nd at the Glenmore Country Club. Uh, t- yes. Tell us more uh, just how Casino Royale does it get. I mean, you, you mentioned... Uh, uh, you you can play the tables and silent auctions and uh, yeah, sure. it's, yeah. A, it's a, it is it is a it is black tie optional if and, you're so inclined if you want to put your tux on and oh, the yeah. women want to wear some gowns as um, we'll do that like we said we have about a dozen or so silent auction packages that are going to go out some of them uh, include uh, kind of a dining around Charlottesville we have it's it's kind of like you know the old book of the month club well this is the you know, you'll be able to bid on something. We'll take you to places like the IVN and mm. the Commonwealth Club and some of the really nice restaurants yes. around this area who've been willing to donate uh, the evening to us. Uh, and so you'll be able to bid on things like that. Um, so there'll be that. And like I said, there'll be the craps table. There'll be 
there'll be roulette, there'll be poker. Uh, we're fortunate that uh, we get local breweries to donate, depending on how the ABC laws should go. I need to always be sure of that. Yes. It's kind of like we're, we're able to make it into a donation. There's ways that ABC allows us to do that, but wine and beer will be provided. Mm -hmm. And it's just a fun night. It goes from basically 7 o'clock to 9.30. Registration and all is from 6 to uh, 7, and you can buy tickets online or even at the night of the event if you really wanted to and it's uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres throughout the night mm -hmm. it'll be uh, be there and uh, we're just looking at it as being a, a really good time to get folks who want to support the ARC to come on out you know for part of the night for the whole night and uh, just have a good time there's a lot of part if you've ever been out to the Glenmore Country Club there's a lot of parking it's a beautiful setting we're hoping to be able to have some things outdoors so that people can take a break and you know um, enjoy the evening and all in all, have a good time. And it's not an overly long or late, I should say, evening, is it? No, it's not. It's not. You know, we recognize that, you know, the, the folks that want to come out, I mean, coming out like early evening, so, so say by 10 o'clock you're kind of, you know, tying things up and people have spent the night with us and all like that, so it's not something that has to go to 1 or 2 in the morning. We'll, we'll leave that to the to the UVA students <laughs> 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 to spend their nights like that. We don't need to be going over to the white spot for a burger afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun night, and I think people... People then are more inclined to want to come up. This is a Saturday night. Um, we've been fortunate to be able to do it on, a, on an evening so that if people need to arrange a babysitter or, um, you know, just want to have kind of a full day beforehand and all, uh, they don't have to worry about rushing home from work and all to come out. So we, we're really looking forward. We had our event there last year at the Glenmore. It was set up differently and all. We try to mix it up every, every now and then. Uh, some years past, we were out at the Clifton Inn which uh, was a wonderful place to go. It's just uh, you can only fit so many people there. The Glenmore is giving us an opportunity to expand our base of, of folks who can attend. Mm -hmm. So, again, we're, we're looking at a lot of fun. Now, of course, we can't fit 450 people like we do for the Santa Run, but I will tell you the Santa Run has really been kind of neat because we started off the first year with about, oh, 175 people or so, and we've grown it now to be over 450. And our idea is, is that... It'll just continue to grow and be a lot of fun for families. So we, we try to set up our events so that if you're a golfer, you can come to the golf tournament. If you want to have a, a drink and play bocce ball, you can do that. You can, like I said, you can put your Santa suit on. Your kids can put your elf ears on at, at Christmas time or in the spring like this. You get to come out enjoy the evening, get dressed up a bit, bid on some fun things, knowing throughout the whole year that these funds are going for a good cause. Yes. Because you're, you, you mentioned it earlier, the concern that we all have is what's going to be happening in the future with our public funding. Yes. Most of our folks who we, we work with rely on Medicaid and rely on Social Security mm. uh, because they just don't have the work history sure. or the, the type of background. So anything that's going to interrupt that that public funding stream has a direct impact, probably more so on our folks than it does on anyone else. Yes. Tell us, how, how much are the tickets and what do you get for the... The, the tickets are $125, uh -huh. and for that, you, like I said, it's, it's tax deductible. You'll be able to uh, 
$100 of that is specifically for fundraising events and all. $25 of what is of what is included in that ticket gives you membership to the local ARC, to the ARC of Virginia, mm-hmm. and to the national ARC. So you now become, we want to make sure that every person who comes becomes a member of those three organizations. Mm-hmm. And that gives us a stronger voice locally and nationally yeah. when we're lobbying. So the rest of the money is helping us to you know, provide services. We have sponsors who are picking up, you know, sponsoring our, our gaming tables or sponsoring uh, other parts of the evening and all. But those folks who are coming out, that, that money that they're giving to us goes directly to us and, and helps us offset the costs of services most of the time, and especially this year, will help us raise the funds we need to move into our new building. Okay. Tell us, how can we connect with the Ark of the Piedmont or, or for donate? Ark you know. of the Piedmont? Yes, absolutely. The best thing you can do is go to our website. It's www.arcpva.org. You can always call us at 434-977-4002. Um, you can, we have a monthly newsletter that goes out. And, uh, again, our members, people who join the night of the... Uh, uh, the gala will be put on our mailing list so that they'll be aware of what's going on with us. Oh, and, and as part of that hundred dollar that that fee that they pay that night, they also get um, twenty five gaming chips to start yes. the night off with, and there's some other little uh, um, uh, surprises along the way that we'll have. But again, it it includes all their beverages, it includes their uh, the heavy hors d'oeuvres, and just includes the whole evening with them. So. Once you've paid that $125, really, unless you're bidding on something else and all, you can have a great night just for that. Yes, yes, sounds wonderful. Yeah. And, that's, and that's how they, and if they go to our website, there's a link there so that they can sign up for any of our events, but they can okay. definitely sign up for the uh, the casino night, and that there's a, a nice big donate button right in the middle <laughs> of the, uh, the website so that they can make a donation at any time. Thing that we also are always looking for is people who, who would like to donate their time to us mm-hmm. because we have folks in our group homes or other services that could also benefit from uh, interactions with, with people in the community. Absolutely. How about storytellers sometimes, people reading to people um, and so forth? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Storytellers, as we have a gentleman, like I said, who comes in and they do sing-alongs and all, but mm-hmm. storytellers would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. I know that we try to get a variety of different people. We've had folks working with uh, different types of media, uh, clay and pottery and watercolors and things and all like that. So we're always looking for, for different approaches because, like you said very early on, everybody responds somewhat differently. Yes. So the person who, who enjoys the storytelling may not do as well with watercolors and painting, but mm-hmm. the person who really enjoys artistic painting and stuff like that might not be so interested in something else. So we're always looking for those ways to reach people that we haven't quite thought about. Very good. Okay, we need to go, but I want to remind people that the Ark of the Piedmont is one of Charlottesville's most long-standing nonprofits and serving the the full community, the whole community, but with a special emphasis of... Uh, stacking the deck, as they say, in favor of improving the lives of our fellow community members with developmental disabilities. I've been speaking to the Ark of the Piedmont's Executive Director, John Santowski. It has been an incredibly moving and educational conversation, and I think we want to all get involved. That's 
dot A-R-C-P-V-A dot org. Or as John says, give a call at 434-977-4002. And remember, Casino Royale is April 22nd at Glenmore Country Club. John, take us out. Anything last thing you want to make certain we remember? Well, I just want to make sure that everyone remembers that we're all one large community. We work together to make this a better place to live and play in. And we want to be as involved in that community as everyone else is. Fantastic. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show today. We appreciate all you do, appreciate you, the organization, uh, Arc of the Piedmont, and um, we wish you all the best this year and every year, okay? Well, thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to tell our story a little bit with you today. Terrific. All right. See everyone at April 22nd. Bye now. All right. So long. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Imagine that one day another planet like ours should appear on the horizon. This is the setting for the surprisingly human, spare little story of another Earth. Driving under the influence, young would-be astrophysicist Rhoda is distracted by sighting a new planet on the horizon. She collides with another car, killing the family of John Burroughs. Years later, upon her release from prison, Rhoda seeks redemption by visiting John's home, only to find a lonely, broken man. By now, it has been determined that the new planet is part of a parallel universe, an exact duplicate of our own, even peopled by our exact twins. However, when the two worlds interact, paths begin to diverge. Could it be possible to travel to the new planet? To take up a life not yet shattered by loss? Could Rhoda find absolution by starting over? Forget the preposterous science here and even the science fiction. The more intimate focus in another Earth is on the questions we ask ourselves every day. If I could begin again and do it right, what would I do? And if I could step outside myself and take a good look, whom would I see? Indie Film Minute. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. What we lose in the fire we find in the ashes? Though now voyagers in uncharted waters on a ship of state helmed by a crew of gold diggers fooled by the mission of creeps, fear not, for we needn't ask for the moon when we have the stars of American history lighting our way out of the ashes of the latest GOP cremation of human value. Or, as Bertrand Russell put it, the whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves, but wiser people so full of doubts. Is this why we're so fixated on the doom and gloom of fiction's foolish tinkering with the balance of power between destroying Earth's very nature and learning from it? Beyond Mick Mulvaney's climate change idiocy and self-delusional asylum-worthy definition of compassionate, our peacefully assembled resistance proves still we are the masters of our house, guardians of the realm, and the imperfect heroes we've always been.
and though currently tilted off course and out of sync, our indomitable hope still raises us above the, even the most conniving attempts to ban our human decency. No matter how fueled the hateful fires of conservative thinking, patriotic good Samaritans will not wait for the ashes of Trump to regain our national balance of power to reason, beyond reversals of women by Carrie Lucas and executive secrets about Russian alliances. If we must look to the past, let it be for examples of our courageous generosity, and not the morally bankrupt dying a thousand times. Remember, when Yemen was attacked, the redundant ban blocked by Hawaiian federal judge, and when the Department of Justice charged four Russians for Yahoo hack, our Mar-a-Lago self-indulgent POTUS deserted the field. While the good fight is rarely an easy undertaking, it is, if only to visionaries, an uplifting one. So play on, knowing the universe is the thing wherein we see humankind is but one sparkle of the particles of dust flowing within ever-expanding solar systems. But arguably, at the top of the curiosity chain, we remain the greatest temple of discovery, exploration, and heroism. The arc that shapes and colors our life's journey is individual strength of character sustaining humanity's balance. And though some of the people have been Hoover and Bush Cheney fooled yet again, it's only the one step back in our United States of America's two steps forward sojourn. Revolving around rotating false prophets expecting trickle-down economics to ever shower Main Street neighborhoods with a silver lining of gold dust is as old as the scriptures and as foolhardy as wasting energy loving the root of all evil. Oh, say, can we not yet see how conservatives run from the future? projecting their past sins on our paying it forward, allowing Republican leadership led by corporatism's elite empire of greed is suicide for any moral code. It is on us, baby boomers, millennials, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Hindu, transgender, or even the straight and narrow, to hold these truths self-evident. Denying climate change is futile. Starving a child's brain power is murderous. Ignoring our seniors to death puts us in lockstep with all that is treacherous and unholy. Hardly consistent in our independent declaration or constitutional conservation, nonetheless America found its good, bad, and ugly in Lincoln at Gettysburg, FDR and Henry Wallace, the medical rape of Henrietta Lacks, going nuts before Patton with Baston saving 101st Airborne Division nurse Augusta Chewy, and outside a book depository in Dallas. Still we summon our David versus Goliath fortitude, Anita Hill, Oprah Winfrey, Rachel Maddow, the Women's March, U.S. District Judge Derek Watson, Representative Denny Heck, and every patriot shouting do your job in town halls of GOP lawmakers. Unhinged executive orders claiming America first are not America. Cementing our humanity to the order of all life on earth is America. 
for that perseverance of preservation is what rewards our curiosity with the audacity to be both heavenly and magnificent. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.